Welcome everyone to the HSP podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and we're live with the Sensitive Empowerment Community. So we're really excited to have you. And today's topic, we're here with Willow McIntosh who has picked our topic today about do you feel resistance as an HSP? So welcome Willow. Hi Julie, thank you for having me. Great to be here as ever. Yay, yes. And I wanted to just make a couple of quick announcements. Um, Willow and I are currently brainstorming some, um, we're going to be offering some business coaching. For those of you that would be interested in that, we're only going to have eight spots. If this is something you're really interested in, please contact us. You can contact either of our websites, uh, imsensitiveconnection.com or juliebjellen.com. And Willow, your website is? isensoryintelligence.com. Okay, wonderful. And I also want to bring light to I have an upcoming masterclass, a free masterclass uh, about sensory overload and the highly sensitive person. That's a free masterclass. Love to have you join. Uh, we're going to talk about this really important subject of sensory overload and how that's one of our biggest challenges. So you can go to hspmasterclasses.com to learn more about that and to register for free. Um, so I just wanted to say those quick announcements. And Willow, take it away. Let's talk about this important subject. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. So what I'd like to begin with, with this important area, is for all you wonderful people listening right now, is to recognize that sometimes it's actually quite tricky for us to realize just how much we can sometimes be in resistance with ourselves as HSPs until we become aware of it. And then it can be a big breakthrough for us. So what do I mean by this being in resistance? Well, one of the shifts that I had during my experience and my experience of my personal development was this recognition. And it was an awareness that as a result of my childhood and my upbringing and my path through life, I had developed a habit where I was experiencing what was like an inner tension and that was showing up as me continuously second guessing everything I was saying, thinking, doing. And the actual reality of it was that I was in resistance to the truth of myself. I wasn't being truthful about how I was really feeling. I wasn't honoring myself and the effect of that, as I say, was this resistance, which was draining. I wasn't being myself, wasn't able to do the work that I was here to do. And so this is an invitation to check in with yourself. It may not be showing up in the way that I've just described. It might not be quite as severe as the way I was experiencing it. But it is really important for us to recognize that there is an opportunity to be open, much more loving with ourselves, and just to be aware that we don't need to be in this resistance. Wow, this is really interesting, Willow. What, how have you seen this show up with HSPs? So the way that I see it show up with, with HSPs is a, it's a tendency to be in, in, in some kind of battle with ourselves internally. So it's where we are in a, in a, in a place of a, a self-critical relationship with ourselves where we're not honoring how we're feeling, perhaps as a result of wanting to protect ourselves in earlier stages of our lives. 
and a fear of really being seen essentially for who we are. So in other words, the projection that we put out there into the world is not necessarily how we're really feeling and aligned with who we really are. And in order for us to create and project a false version of ourselves means that we're going, we must be in resistance to who we really are. Yeah, I see that a lot too. I feel like I had that experience too. It took a long time for me to kind of step into my authentic self and to really share who I was. And I think there are a lot of people, there's a lot of layers to this, isn't there? There's the layers of the messages that we've received about sensitivity from society, from our families, um, the, the invalidation of our real experiences, our real emotions. Um, and I love what you said that I definitely see a lot of us are very self-critical. That's a huge one. It is always so fascinating to me that we're so self-compassionate, we're so compassionate towards others, but so self-critical towards ourselves. And it's interesting because if you are self-critical, you actually are activating some of that fight flight part of the brain. Uh, and you're literally releasing stress hormones and activating the whole alarm bell system just from being self-critical. So this is huge. And you said um, not honoring what we are really feeling, fear, fear of being seen. Uh, I think that is so, I see that a lot. That's definitely how I felt. And it's so sad to think about that because I think about how many years I hid myself too, that it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to share yourself in the world. It's hard to be criticized by others, to receive judgment, to have your own self-judgment. I always say it's kind of like if you had a have a bucket full of self-judgment yourself and somebody puts that drop into it, now it's like, you know, you really fall apart. But if you can do your own self-work to work on self-acceptance, then it's like you can create tools around how you receive other people's judgments and, and, and how you don't absorb them in the same way, right? Yes, absolutely. That's such an important point, absolutely. Yes, if we are constantly in this negative self-view and this, and this place of self-judgment, you're absolutely right, then, then when others feel that in us or, or perhaps when others just don't respond to us in the way that we're hoping, then it can push us over the edge. You know, we can be, we can be in this constant place of, feeling like we're on guard you know this constant sort of sense of having to, to defend ourselves you know who's saying this about me what does that mean you know what happens if I said that oh my god you know should I have said this should I have said that you know we're there's there's we you know we're, we're using our processing ability within within on ourselves you know because we process so deeply and it's it's incredibly painful experience for us to do that so one of the things that, you know, one of the effects that this can have is we can really get in the way of our own fulfillment, success and development, because if we are essentially not wanting to be seen, then there's going to be a part of us that tends to sabotage what we're trying to do. You know what I mean? We, we tend to be um, feeling like we're doing everything, we're doing our best, but there's a part of us that actually doesn't want us to be seen for who we really are. And therefore it can make our experience in life really, really tricky. So I, it, it's so important to have this awareness and to think, you know, how am I being self-critical? Am I getting in my own way because I don't want to be seen? And there's, there's a real beautiful transition that can happen here. Yeah, and, and we see that spending time with sensitive people, what beautiful hearts sensitive people have and, and the kindness and support they share to each other. 
in this community, for example, is something that we were just talking about that before we started recording. And it's like, we really, I think this is such an important topic to be talking about that we, that we can start to support and uh, help people really feel safe to be themselves. And I think that a lot of that starts with our own personal development work. Cause I know, I think about when I was in that space before I did my personal work and self-acceptance journey, <laughs> because I did not feel like I had self-acceptance, that's for sure. I, I used to think that there was something wrong with me that I couldn't connect to people. I felt like I, I always felt this little bit of a guard up. Um, and you know, I was so sensitive as a kid and so not supported in those sensitivities. And um, you know, in situations in my family upbringing that didn't feel safe. And so there was, there was that feeling of, uh, I got to protect myself by keeping my myself closed, you know, on the other side of this wall. And so I thought, oh, I, you know, I can't connect to people, there's something wrong with me. And I walked around with, and it was really lonely, too, when you're not really revealing yourself and because you have to be vulnerable to truly connect with other people. And it's really lonely not to connect with other people to be on the other side of that wall. And, and I believe that there is, especially for those of us that, that identify at the highest level of sensitivity, that I believe we can practice um, putting down the wall for particular people but not for everybody. And, and we'll talk probably more about that too, but I do believe we have the ability to, to put that wall up and down um, and that that can be actually an important piece of your journey as a, as a really highly sensitive person, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I was just nodding like a madman then, just agreeing <laughs> with everything you were saying right there. Yes, absolutely. It, it's, it's the connection piece that, we, that, we're, that we're longing for but with, we're so frightened, I mean, if I speak for myself, when, when I experienced this in my own journey of personal development, it was that feeling of really wanting to connect and wanting to show who I am, but then that fear that if I put myself out there and I am being who I am, it's just gonna get cut off or affected as it used to when I was younger. So it's, it's this awareness that this is what this, the, the invitation that I hope is gonna be there for, for as you guys are listening to this is that we don't need to do that anymore as adults it's actually recognizing that we have the ability to discern exactly as you're saying Judy of people that we are safe to connect with we can intuitively feel that we can connect with the right people and also we can intuitively feel thinking yeah, I don't think I really need to connect fully with this person for whatever reason we can honor that and the wall can come up or down appropriately but it's recognizing that we have the choice and the, and the conscious awareness to do that. So it's not running the show for us. In other words, we're constantly disconnected and we just don't know why. And that's one of the key areas of resistance is that the sense of being alone and we just can't figure out why. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if we, if we grew up in, a, in an environment where we didn't feel accepted for who we were, we got told what's wrong with you, why are you so sensitive? You know, why are you reacting that way? I mean, if we got those kind of messages as a child and we didn't get that kind of support that we needed, of, of course we feel these ways. And, and that's gonna, but that's also gonna impact everything that we do. It impacts our connections to people, our relationships, pretty hard to be in successful relationships if we can't put that wall down and, and truly connect. 
And so practicing that, I often think practicing that with another highly sensitive person that you connect to is a good is a good place to start, which is why I think that sensitive people need to spend time together. Um, because, you know, we talk about that even in this community that people show up in this community and it's like, they're like, wow, this is really different than, you know, most places. It's like we dive down into subjects quite deeply into conversations and we feel the support with each other. There's a kindness and, and then a support um, between us as sensitive people. And I think that that helps us put that wall down a little bit and to practice that. And, you know, I've shared in other episodes that when I started to try to put my wall down, I literally was physically shaking. It was so terrifying to me to, to really reveal myself, my true self to anyone, because I, I felt like I got to hide how sensitive I am. I have to hide my reaction to this. I have to hide myself in some way. And Willow, if we had both stayed in that place, we would not be doing what we're doing now. And, and I think both of us see that, like I, in the HSPs and business group in our community, I, I see such potential um, and, and we have to like, I see HSPs have so much to give, so much to offer. And I know that if we could, if we could get them into a, a place that really believes in themselves and starts to have that self-acceptance and that they can then shine their light in the world. And there's so much light to share. And I think sensitive people have so much to share. And it's such an important piece of that to, to practice working on that self-love, self-compassion, self-acceptance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, well said. It's definitely the practice. It's, it's giving ourselves the opportunity to realize for ourselves that we are now safe as adults. We might get the feelings that come up that we used to get when we were younger, but it's recognizing for ourselves that we can begin to let that wall come down, especially with people that we love and trust. Other HSPs is such a good way for us to practice this. And gradually what happens is we start to realize for ourselves that the false beliefs that we're running are no longer true about ourselves, about the world around us. This doesn't mean that we walk around like an open book and just think, oh, I'm just gonna go for it and see what happens. This is about taking it gently and it's being kind and loving with ourselves, but it is also taking that little leap of faith and trusting that we will be held if we're in the right circumstances. And now these days, I really love to play with that. Like I really like to kind of show who I am in a silly way, perhaps when I'm in the supermarket buying some bread or whatever it is, or have chatting to the, you know, the staff in the supermarket and just, you know, and, and because I obviously have relationships because I'm close to the people in the in the village here, you know, sometimes people will say, wow, you really think about things very deeply. I'm like, yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> yes. And I really like that reflection now. And I kind of, and I enjoy the kind of interactions that come and, you know, and how people experience the real me. And obviously, you know, it's not for everyone. It's people that I, I feel safe with and people that I can trust. But it is getting that experience that we are safe now as adults. We can look after ourselves. And if something goes wrong, if someone says the wrong thing, or I feel like someone joins the conversation that I think, well, I'm not sure quite where you're at energetically, then, you know, we adjust accordingly. And, and over time, we get used to that. And we start to recognize that this place of resistance can be, we can drop that. That's so beautiful. 
It's such an interesting thing to talk about and how, you know, we're, and to create, to work on creating that layer of safety within ourselves. And, and, you know, that's why we talk so much about tools, because I feel like having tools in our pocket helps us do that. Um, and I developed something. We also talk about this in the community a lot about our inner child work. And, and for me, that really was a, a, a way to um, work on my own uh, connection to myself. Like even to this day, um, what I do is if I feel a little, a little something like a little sting of criticism, or I feel something happen that where I can, I notice that I'm starting to feel vulnerable in an uncomfortable way. I now have this practice where I check in with love with my inner child. And that is not something I used to do. My, my conversation to my inner child used to be, what is wrong with you? I can't believe you're acting like this. Like, why are you so sensitive? And guess how I, I experienced <laughs> the situation just got worse because I was talking to myself like that. And I really disliked this sensitive inner child inside of me for a big number of years and to work on developing that connection to her. And now I actually will put my hand on my heart and I say, I check in, okay, okay, how you doing in there? You know, like I know something's impacting you right now. It's okay. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to understand it. And I, I'm very loving now to her. And it is so fascinating to me because the experience physiologically even is completely the opposite. So when I was self-critical, I could start to feel my heart race. I went into fight flight. I've actually had a lot of HSPs tell me that too, that they didn't think they were sensitive because they were so reactive. They had a temper, they were impatient. Um, you know, the reaction of the emotional brain taking over and the cognitive brain going to sleep would happen. And that happened to me too. Um, but now if I can talk to myself in a loving self-compassionate way and go through our self-compassion practice that we talk about, I literally feel my heart race slowing and it is an instant physiological difference in my response now. And it is amazing. Like I can go through and calm myself really quickly now, whereas before it would possibly knock me down for a long time. So it's a, it's a huge difference when you do this kind of work. Wow, I love that. That's amazing. What an incredible gift for yourself and recognition of the importance of your inner child and her needs and this relationship that you have with her. That's just beautiful and amazing. I would love to ask you when, so when you're having this, um, when you're having this interaction with, with your inner child, does it feel like, because I know part of your practice, which I absolutely love, and I, I also use myself about asking ourselves what our needs are and how, and perhaps, you know, what's been addressed and what hasn't been addressed. Do you find that when you're having that conversation with your inner child that, that she presents a need to you perhaps that hasn't been met and it helps you to understand how you can meet that need for yourself or for her in some way? Is there like a process that you use in that? You know, for me, I, I notice a lot in... Um, it's like a, it's almost like a physical response too, um, where I, I can almost, it's so interesting because I've been actually exploring this a lot over the years to try to understand myself more and my reactions, the, even my childhood reactions, like my childhood reactions would be somebody's, you know, going to hurt me in some way. I need to run. <laughs> 
so or I need to you know my I would have the fight flight activated and usually the flight would happen unless I'm cornered and unable to get away then the fight would happen in terms of reaction um so I would still feel that feeling of like that sting of something happening. And then I feel that inner child's like, I got to get out of here. That's it. Okay, let's, let's flee. And, and that person now is like cut off. Like that's it, right? And, and if I constantly did that in the world, I'm like, it's going to be a problem. And it was a problem for a long time. But now I notice that. I notice that little flee feeling. And I'm like, okay, I recognize that feeling because I've paid a lot of attention to it. And I've done a lot of personal work on this. And I, I really recommend that HSPs work with HSP practitioners. And we have a directory for you. So hopefully you know about that to find one. Because when you, when you have support, especially from childhood stuff that can be really difficult and, and powerful to deal with on your own, to have that kind of support where somebody goes down and supports you through that, that can really help. So it was definitely a process of getting to know that flee or that fight feeling inside of me and like, okay, let's pause for a moment. Let's check in what's happening, but in a really loving way. And that was something I had to develop. Did that even answer your question, Willow? <laughs> even better, actually. It was okay. even better. Yeah, no, that, that, I really understand that. So, so actually, if I understand correctly, it, it's around recognizing that that was a that was a feeling that used to protect you or a response that used to protect, used to protect you as a child that's not necessarily now needed as an adult. But it's recognizing that your inner child still has those fears sometimes, as we all do. I absolutely get similar feelings like that sometimes. So in that in that kind of inner process inside, it's it's just sending some love to the child and saying, "You're safe. It's okay. I I completely understand that you're feeling like this, and that reaction I completely understand. But actually, there's nothing to worry about. You're okay." Yeah, because even think about that. If people have trouble thinking about what inner child is or what that feels like but you could also think about it as a real child so imagine a real child going to their mom or something and they're scared and something's happening and the mom's just like what's wrong with you get over it you know and that kid is now feeling worse and unsupported but what if the mother stopped for a moment and stopped what she was doing and she went down you know eye level to that child and was like really looking at them you know really connecting what's happening? What's going on? What are you feeling? What do you need right now? Imagine what happens to that child. There's just a sudden, it's like a rush of I'm safe and I'm okay. And we have to learn how to do that for us, especially if we did not receive that from our own, you know, upbringing, which many of us did not, that we have to learn how to, I had to learn how to do that for myself. And it was definitely a practice um, and, but it is huge in, in, you know, how it's really interesting. We know a lot about how the brain works and there are just even how we interpret an event or a situation can determine what kinds of signals is being, are being sent out. So it really can make a difference physiologically too. Like you can even get to the point where you're not even sending out those alarm bell signals and you don't have to deal with the adrenaline and all the stress, you know, chemicals being released. And so that that's the process, but it isn't an overnight process. I think for a lot of us, it is a process that takes some time to work through, but it is about the best gift you could give yourself in your life. Because if you can walk around as someone that is, that has tools to be in a place that can be vulnerable and can connect, 
and you're very careful about your boundaries because you've got to be careful as a sensitive person with around boundaries uh, and who you have in your life and who you're putting that wall down for your everything changes your <clears throat> your relationships your parenting your friendships your work your your ability to to share yourself with the world because i know so many hsps have so much to share with the world and it's so worth the the work wow my gosh this is just amazing i love it i just as you yeah everything you just said there i love i loved every second of it one of the pieces that really came through as you as you were saying that was the um, the piece around the reaction that a parent might have to, to a child and the difference between the rejection or the kind of, you know, the pull yourself together or stop being so sensitive, the effect that that has and, the, and then the contrast to that of then saying to a child, I understand how you're feeling, that you're okay to feel like that, that's normal to feel like that. And, and with that comes this, a child being seen for who they are it's allowing a child to recognize that their feelings are valid and that there's nothing wrong with them and it's a normal reaction. And all of that is in the, in the context of being seen. And I can remember as a child, you know, I vividly remember being myself and just having all of that shut down. So it was the, it was the reaction that the people that were raising me figured that I needed to be a different person than who I was to, be, to succeed in society. So it wasn't okay for me to be me. So that part of being seen, I feel, is, is the opportunity we have right now to give ourselves. So when we get these feelings, you know, we get this kind of shut down sense that we get, or we get some kind of reaction, is to have that conversation, that relationship with our inner child to reassure ourselves that we're okay. And to begin that, that dawning morning of sun, sun, sunrise into allowing ourselves to be, to be seen for who we are. And, it, and it's baby steps of working with these feelings until we gradually realize that, okay, actually I'm safe and I can be me now. Wow, Willow. It, and, and something kind of powerful kind of popped up for me when you were talking, I was thinking about like, you have created and we have created that ability to really, you know, see ourselves, right? To, to really, really see ourselves, accept ourselves and love ourselves. And that ha had to be the process. And such a powerful thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what my work is today. It's, it's through that, it's, it's the, I talk so much about the hero's journey, but it's through my own practice, it's through my own um, journey of coming into alignment with myself, of allowing myself to be seen, of, of allowing myself to see myself that, has now, that now allows me to do the work that I do. It's because all of that was shut off for me I, did, I had no choice than to face that. I had to do that work, it was do or die. And so that is what now gives me the ability to see that in others. I can see the truth in others. I can see it as clear as day. And it's because I had to do that work for myself. It's a, it's a part of my own journey, my skill set, my purpose, you know? And I think there's a direct link, I think, with the, the, the challenge and the struggle that we have in life and what our gift is as, as high sensory, highly sensitive people. And now you're making a difference in the world through that because you did that personal inner work and, it, and it's really powerful. And I also wanna mention sensory overload for a minute because it, it isn't only 
emotionally vulnerable stuff that can sort of set us off into fight flight. It can also be sensory overload stuff too. And that need to protect ourselves through that. Like I'll give a quick example. Um, I normally never go to like a grocery store on a weekend <laughs> or something like that when it's really full of people. And um, because it's a really sensory overload experience for me, but we happened to do that recently. And I was like, oh, I'll just go in quick and get something. And I'm feeling all fine about it. I walk into the store, the music is so loud. It is so full of people that I instantly, I feel like I'm freezing almost. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is why I don't do this. And I, I remember I've, I've had experiences in the past where I just like left the store, like I was in flea mode. I'm like, just leave the store, get out of here, you know, alarm bells going off. So now I'm able to go, okay, I know what's happening. Like, first of all, I'm not going to panic because you know, sometimes it would send me into a panic because I didn't know what was happening. I was like, why am I having this happen? Nobody, everybody else seems fine. Why am I freaking out? Um, but now I instantly identify, wow, this is sensory overload right now. There's like, I'm instantly picking up on so much energy and there's tons of people in this store right now. The lights are bright, the loud, music is loud. And, and so instead of being hard on myself, which I would have used to be, you know, and probably had like a big meltdown over it. I was able to identify this is what it is. Okay, what do you need right now? You know, and that is also a form of protecting ourselves. So I just wanted to mention that because I've been very much into the into understanding how sensory overload is impacting us. And you know, Willow, we've been having some discussions about it too, where sensory overload can be really similar for those highest on the scale of sensitivity as it is for somebody on uh, with autism spectrum disorder. Amazing, yes. I think there is there is some wonderful research coming around the links between highly high sensitivity and autism. I think it's all on the similar spectrum. And, and yes, I completely relate to what you're saying there, Julie. It's the same for me. You know, something, if I walk into an environment like that, it's like a, a rock concert soup. It's just an onslaught of the senses. And if, you know, and, and it is really important, I completely agree to have that awareness that you know that response it's a, it's a physiological response to the surroundings which has a tremendous impact on us sometimes and and, and it's knowing that that's okay you know and, and it's it's addressing it accordingly and not making that wrong or making it you know making ourselves wrong because we can't cope in those environments yes yes if we you know you know what i mean yeah yeah no yeah. i, yeah, I just was like yes <laughs> you keep going <laughs> Yeah, but it, yeah, it, I mean, because you know, I'm, it's, I know that sometimes like, if I have to be in an environment like that, then sometimes I will remove myself, go to the loo or whatever, and just sit and just center my energy and then come back out. I'll have breaks, like if I'm at a massive networking event or something. But, but you know, but it, there's, a, there's a definite distinction there between, okay, I'm in sensory overload, I need to manage my energy right now, and, and discerning that from a trigger that is causing us to go into resistance and perhaps um you know reacting to a particular circumstance yeah oh, i love this i'm going to bring in some comments from the sensitive empowerment community right now who are with us live if you have any particular comments or questions you want to add now i know you've been having a great discussion on the chat i want to say something Kristen says uh, i can totally relate julie that's such a sense of overwhelm for us i've made a conscious choice to shop at a small co-op that is calm easy to navigate and plays lovely music I always go at a non-busy weekend hour. 
So smart, Christine. What a difference this makes, like to understand that this is part of our need uh, rather than subjecting ourselves because sensory overload is absolutely real. And I think it's such an important thing to talk about that that we do have a different experience in the world. And the issue is not that you're too sensitive. The issue is that the world is not set up for these levels of sensitivity. I really think that's an important distinction that there is not something wrong with you. It is that, this, that the world is not set up for your levels of sensitivity. And that's something big. I, I see some stores are doing things like um, quiet hours for people on the spectrum, uh, quiet hours, dim lighting, things like that. And, you know, maybe this isn't something that we do as advocacy for ourselves. So we start requesting this from our stores and that we start realizing that this is a real experience for, I mean, this is 20% of the population. There's a lot of us out there with this experience. And to also understand even those HSPs, we are still on a spectrum too. So even if you are friends with an HSP who doesn't experience it like you do, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means you're higher up on the scale like me. <laughs> so that's part of it. Um, let's see, we got uh, anything you wanted to say about that, Willow, before I went on to a question? I just think that's really, not, I'd really love it. I'd love to be able to, you know, just the supermarkets and kind of shops and shopping malls to understand, you know, that like uh, sometimes I'm just not going to want to engage or if I'm having a particularly bad day, I might flee, but don't take it personally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have something funny with my friends where, um, you know, they know that it's like two hours is my limit of visiting. And it's like, OK, Julie must have hit that two hour mark. It's time to go. And, you know, that's my experience. I, I just sitting and talking with somebody for two hours is about my limit. Um, Cecilia says, uh, question, any tips on dealing with people's reactions to you because of these differences? Good question. They don't seem to understand our way of experience in the world, or it could be different from how they do. What do you think, Willow? You want to answer that part of that? Yes, I, a, it, it is a great question. It is a great question. I think, um, I think there's a balance between Sometimes we have a tendency to, and I'm going to say this with as much love as I can. I, I, I only say it in this way because this was my experience of it. I found that sometimes I used to look for validation in others for when I actually just needed to give that for myself. Oh, we have, uh, yes. <laughs> Keep going, but yes, yes, yes. So it's, it's, it's almost like, listen, I, you know, I have these needs and I'm highly sensitive and I really want you to get this. Otherwise, you just don't understand me and no one likes me. And it's like horrendous. And, and I, again, I say this with, with as much love and compassion as I can is. And, and this is not to say that we're doing this all the time. It's just sometimes it, it's helpful to be aware that there are, but there are there are helpful circumstances of when it's appropriate to help non high sensory, non highly sensitive people to understand our needs so perhaps we're, we're in work scenarios we're in people that we're seeing every day on a, on a regular basis family members then yes it's important to help people to understand that we have particular needs we experience the world very deeply it's who we are it gives us a lot of advantages but we need some particular things in place to help us so then we then we, we can choose to have that conversation with people that we know need to know because we're seeing them all the time but then if we're meeting someone that we're never going to see them again, or they don't really need to know that we're highly sensitive, then there's no real need to have to explain or share or even talk about it. So I think, I think it's important to make that distinction. Yes. And uh, like Mary Ellen says, um, 
I've intentionally stopped explaining myself. You know, that is, it's really powerful that there are, and we were talking about this even before we started recording, even about boundaries and stuff that there are, there are going to be people that just do not have the capacity to understand. And if we put a lot of energy into trying to get somebody to understand who's not going to understand, now we just sort of wasted our precious energy. And I think, Willie, you said something so powerful that the validation has to come from within. Because if I'm walking around thinking that there's something wrong with me, I'm going to be trying to over explain myself and try to get them to somehow validate me. But again, that's external focus. Do I want to have that external focus trying to get somebody who's not going to understand my experience in the world? Or do I just want to go internal and say, you know what, I'm taking care of my inner child right now. And that's what's important. Like her needs are important right now. And finally, and I know a lot of people are going to resonate with this. Finally, somebody's listening to her needs. Beautiful. Wow. Yes. My goodness me. That is hugely powerful right there. It really is. It really is. It's, it, 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 it's the opportunity of the inner self-validation, self-love, the letting go of resistance. It's all a step into allowing ourselves to be seen and to honor who we are. And it, it is, it's such a powerful shift and, and it happens gradually, right? It just, it's practice, it's trying it. Sometimes it goes wrong. You know, sometimes you guys might be listening and thinking, oh yeah, I can definitely do this. And then tomorrow something will happen and you'll be back to square one. That's okay. It's just picking up yourself up and trying again and trying again, getting the right support around you, getting other HSPs, getting support in terms of the right you know, um, practitioners that can help you, but recognizing that you will get there, you will change. It's just a matter of strengthening the muscle. Yeah, and it's not your job to get everybody to understand you. Yeah. That's a big one too, right? Absolutely, yes, there's, there's really no need to do that. And you say often, Julie, you know, you can't please everyone because it's impossible. You know, it's impossible to do that. So, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, yeah. And I think your default as an HSP for anybody listening is going to be other people's, other people, an external focus. That is part of our default, our instant, what does everybody think? Am I going to fit in? That's part of our experience by default, biologically even. Um, but we can bypass that through some of our tools to go, oh yeah, I got to remember what I need. And you know, that's, that is something important because we have to think about this. If we're always focused on everybody else, we, our light is going dim and we're not helping anybody in the world if our light is dim. So being able to really do this kind of work to support yourself, like um, Louise says, I've always realized that I get to choose who I spend time, or she says, I also realize that I get to choose who I spend time with and how I spend my time. It helps move me from living from a place of fear to a place of loving me first. That's beautiful, Louise, and huge, right? Because if we're living in fear, you know, we're in survival mode, just trying to get through the day and our light is dim. And if we are really able to work on that sense of self-love and connecting to ourselves and our internal world and supporting those kinds of needs. And I hope that, you know, all these different, I hope you guys have listened to a bunch of these podcast episodes and I've heard that 
many people have listened to them from the first one all the way through and that they felt really life trans, you know, their, their life transformed. And part of that is because we're talking about this stuff, Willow, like we're talking about the real experience of being sensitive, the real experience of how we grew up with, you know, that all the challenges that we had and, and the real work that we did to get to this place where, you know, we can be vulnerable and share ourselves in the world. And it, it, and we're hoping that, that really normalizes and validates your experience out there. And we know it does because we heard from you and we absolutely love that. Uh, we love hearing from you and we really appreciate when you've uh, shared the podcast and when you've left reviews, I read all the reviews and it is something I really appreciate when you take the time to do that because that's how the podcast gets found. And so we, we're really this grassroots movement of reaching out in the world to HSPs all over the world to make these changes and, and to help really brighten light in, in each HSP out there listening, right? Yes, absolutely. My goodness me, absolutely right. And it is, it is brightening the light. The more, that we, the more that we recognize our truth and our value in our light, and the better we get at doing that, the more closer we get with ourselves the more aligned we get with ourselves and the easier it becomes over time to to do these things and to come into this place of alignment you know it, it's totally there for us it's not it's the truth of who we are it isn't natural or you know it is it's not who we really are to be in this place of resistance and, and this continuous fear of being ourselves it's not who we are you know there there is a natural healing that happens there's a natural process that happens when we just have the courage to really ask how we're feeling inside, what it is that we need, and to really share ourselves in the way that we're we're so in the way that we need it in the world. And, and I just want to share a little bit what Sandra's just mentioned there, um, which I really love what you said there. This tendency to not want to be seen has held me back from putting myself out there as a coach. Sandra, it's really interesting you say that because I think there's actually a very interesting um, making sure that we are we're internally focused is so important we've got to be tending to our needs we've got to be making sure that we're looking after ourselves in that way but we also as high sensory people we also have a fascination with other people we're very interested we are people people we're very interested in what make, makes people tick you know what upsets people we're fascinated we make amazing coaches and facilitators most of us are amazing healers coaches or facilitators in some way and i think it's recognizing that when we do have that fascination with other people outside of us, there's something there, there's a calling there. It might be because we wanna help serve people in a particular way. We wanna bring our skills out into the world because of this fascination that we have with people. So it, it's important to maintain that sense of stability and, and grounding in ourselves, but to recognize that we are here to help others in some way as well. Mm, beautiful, Willow, what a, what a beautiful subject too. Um, Maury says, Julian Willow, you are so inspiring and, and a message to those listening audience. Uh, thanks for your inspiring shares too. Yeah, I love that. There's so many great shares and we're going to, we're going to post this chat in our sensitive empowerment community too. Willow, is there anything else you'd like to share on, as we say goodbye on this subject? Well, chapters and verses, but, uh, for another time, of course. Yes, I have so enjoyed today and uh, thank you everyone for all your wonderful input 
and your amazing support on the podcast. It really is so important for everyone else that really needs to hear these wonderful messages that we are all sharing. So thank you so much for your input, everyone. Oh, that's beautiful. I love what Luann says. I've been so much more stable and less reactive since joining this group. The podcasts are wonderful. I love it. Oh, I love you guys. And thank you, Sensitive Empowerment Community, for being here with us live. And we'll continue this conversation. And if you are listening on the podcast and you're not a member, we really invite you to come join the Sensitive Empowerment Community. It's a pretty magical, special place full of sensitive hearts who, who are all working towards growth and empowerment and the support that you receive being here and the connections. And we started doing, well, we started doing a, um, meet and group, meet and greet group, uh, where, where we can spend time together socially, uh, also. So Gracie's going to be doing that, um, and, and did our, her first one. And it was really, uh, it was wonderful to spend time. People can spend time connecting even more and getting to know each other even more outside of events as well. So it's a beautiful thing. Love that. What a wonderful idea. That's fantastic. That's a yeah. great way for us to practice being seen among other heart-centered HSPs. Very true, because you're a, you have that opportunity to, to, to put that wall down a little bit with another sensitive heart. And that is a beautiful thing. Um, so- Or to show up in fancy dress as well. You know, that's always an option too. What's that? Or to show up in fancy dress and be in, in disguise. You know, why not? Take it super slowly, you know? <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. yeah, we just love for you to come uh, join us. So please um, come, come check out the podcast. You can go to hsppodcast.com and see the bios of me and Willow and connect directly to our work there as well. Please share the podcast. Please review the podcast. Please join our grass, grassroots movement of really helping sensitive people in the world really shine brightly uh, we need you in the world. We love that you're in the world. And thank you, everybody, for being here with us. Take good care. And we'll see you in the community. Bye, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye.